It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last just... So welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavis, licensed nutritionist. And this program is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. You know, I am so happy to be here today because I have the opportunity to share with you what I believe to be a new insight into the cause of depression, low moods, and anxiety. Hmm. So, you know, thinking about an example of depression, I remember, you know... When my aunt, which was about 50 years ago, was having postpartum depression after her ninth child. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) You know, my parents didn't have a clue on how to get her help. They knew about the field of psychiatry, but they weren't sure how to find a psychiatrist. You know, I think I was about 10 when this all was going on, and I can remember their conversations. Oh, really? Tomorrow, yeah. And they also feared my aunt would get locked up in a mental institution, and then who would take care of all the babies? Now, my parents were great parents, weren't they were not <laughs> ready to take on nine more kids under the age of 12. So yeah. today we can look at postpartum depression. You know, it's a type of depression many women experience after the birth of a baby as a hormonal problem. Uh-huh. It's a hormonal problem. Yes. And we understand this type of depression is the result of an imbalance of hormones, excess levels of estrogen, and a deficiency of a hormone called progesterone. This high level of estrogen interferes with how the brain uses a major brain chemical called serotonin. So it kind of blocks that Hmm. uptake of serotonin into the brain. And so then postpartum depression. Different way of looking at it or different understanding. Yep. So today, most professionals understand that depression after the birth of a baby is simply a hormonal problem. It isn't that the mother didn't want the baby. Or that's what no. they used to think. She Or that she felt guilty having another baby. Or any of those psychological reasons. It is simply an imbalance of hormones that can be corrected rather quickly, actually. So in today's society, we are starting to move out of the dark ages about depression. A lot of change since uh, 50 years ago. Oh, yes, absolutely, which is great. So out of the dark ages of of what causes depression, low moods and anxiety, into examining what is happening in the brain to cause these symptoms. They go right to the brain and look at what's happening that's going to cause these symptoms. This is a fascinating topic And we have some interesting research and thoughts to share today. So to joining me today as our co-host is Tamara Brown. Tamara is a registered dietitian with a master's degree in public health. And this week she's been very busy (laughs) counseling clients, teaching classes, creating new recipes, writing articles. And later in the show she'll share how you can view a video of her teaching us about healthy and unhealthy salad dressing. I think we've had that question a million times. So A million times. Yes. So tomorrow would teach us how to make a quick healthy salad dressing with olive oil. And so welcome, tomorrow. 
Bank glad star. you're here this morning. Yes, I'm glad <laughs> to be here, especially because this is such an interesting and different topic. It is. So when we think about bringing it back to the idea of hormones, when we think about hormones out of balance and low moods, that can be very apparent after the birth of a baby. So we may be able to understand that. But high estrogen levels can also affect moods of both women and men at other times in life. And yes, I did say men because some men have high estrogen levels and can experience low moods just like women do to excess estrogen levels. So as listeners, you might be asking, you know, why would excess estrogens cause low moods? You know, and I think here are some of those symptoms that you might have. You cry easily. You crave carbs such as cakes, cookies, chips. A lot of people can relate to that. <laughs> and you either sleep too much or you can't sleep at all. The excess estrogens, they block the receptors in your brain that accepts the feel-good chemicals. So it's like a football player uh-huh. blocking. You know huh. the, the football players that are blockers? Yes, it the blo- blockers. They block the person coming through. And so that's exactly what they do in your brain. The estrogens block the receptors from accepting the feel-good hormones or the feel-good neurotransmitters, actually. Hmm. Those chemicals that make us feel good. The chemicals, yes, which we all want more of those. That's a good, I like that way of looking at it, Dar. (laughs) So it sounds like when we're thinking about the blockers, what you're saying is that Having low moods is actually a problem in the brain. It's not caused by, you know, something someone said to me during my day. Oh, that's that's a whole new thought right there, isn't it, Tamara? That is a really new thought. I mean, most people still believe that, don't they? Yes, absolutely. And that's, I think, even naturally how we're just raised to think of it like that. I know. I mean, I was reading some of the advice columns in the paper this morning before I came to the studio, and exactly that's what... People are still thinking. So, so yeah, low moods are a brain problem, and there are many hormonal and nutritional and physical connections to the cause of depression. Hmm. So I know that when I work with clients, and I see a lot of clients who struggle with depression. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things that I found a direct connection is between nutrition and depression. Which so give me an example. Okay, let you me know. give you an example. For example, blood sugar levels. Yeah. When we have low blood sugar, how do we feel? Anxious. Yes. Oh, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Anxious, irritable, sad, tired, depressed. So When we think about how empowering that is, you know, if you're having low moods and you're also having low blood sugar levels, could that be the connection right there? And here's another nutritional connection, which we find very often, especially among women, I find that we find a lot of women have low levels of protein. They just, for some reason, they think that protein has fat, so they're not going to eat any protein. Right. So they come in and maybe they're eating three or four ounces of protein at dinner, and that's it. They're eating no protein during the day, and they do have a low level of depression. They have no energy. Yeah. And so just by having people start eating eggs in the morning for breakfast, you know, eating some fish for lunch or whatever protein, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe a chicken breast, suddenly 
they're feeling good again. Yes. Their depression goes away. Yes. And I... I, I agree, Dar. I think protein is one of the biggest things for people. For women with depression, I always say, you know, you have to add more protein. I know it. It's like magical. It is. Yeah. So. Okay. So let's get back to the topic of postpartum depression. Dar, you said that it is a hormonal problem, meaning too much estrogen and not enough progesterone. So here's the biochemistry. When women are pregnant, they produce a lot of estrogen you know, in those first three months, and it's often, this is something interesting, too, is that that high estrogen level is often the reason that women have morning sickness. Isn't that oh. interesting? Yeah, I didn't know that. No. I mean, it's just causes morning sickness. I didn't know it was a hormone connection. Yes. Hormones Isn't that fascinating? It is fascinating. <laughs> this is a great topic today. <laughs> So we have the high estrogen levels in the first three months, but then during the last three months, what happens is that high levels of progesterone is produced. But then as soon as the baby is born, the progesterone production is shut off and the mom's body and brain is left with excess estrogens and a deficiency of progesterone. So what do we see in mom's behavior? Weepy. They cry easily. They're a little bit irritable, or maybe a lot irritable. Uh-huh. They're moody. And sometimes mom is so low in mood, it's kind of like how my aunt was. They they really don't even want to take care of their baby. Um, and that's kind of what had happened to my aunt. And I remember it mm-hmm. very clearly. You know, I was after the birth of her ninth baby. She was, like, just exactly as she was very moody she was crying she was she was so low she wasn't even irritable and mm. she was i know my parents were very concerned about who was going to take care of that new baby so yeah. my mom was there taking care of my aunt a lot during those first mm. 3 4 5 months or weeks after the baby was born and then things adjusted and then my aunt started getting better but she was very low for a period of time. So, and we have heard about extreme cases in the news, but I I think if we were honest as women, most women after the birth of a baby experience some postpartum depression. And and in fact, we are slowly waiting (laughs) patiently, maybe a little impatiently (laughs) waiting for the fourth grandchild to be born. How so exciting. And and, and my daughter is about two weeks overdue right now, so we're waiting. But, you know, I know after the birth of the other three uh, babies, I always recommended that Christy use a little bit of progesterone cream to avoid the postpartum depression. So Yes. So it looks like it's time to take a break. Okay. Sounds good to me. (laughs) You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. I hope you are receiving our email newsletter from Nutritional Weight and Wellness because in this last newsletter, I shared what to look for in a good salad dressing and ones that you should avoid. Because so many people have asked about how to make a salad dressing, I did a short video showing you how can you can make your own healthy dressing at home. 
So we will be sending out this video with our e-newsletter on Tuesday. If you haven't signed up for our newsletter, please do. Just go to our website, weightandwellness.com, and sign up today. Because not only will you get a video of me. Cute, cute, cute. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. But you'll also get an article that the Delhi Detective researched all about salad dressing. And it is fascinating. It's a great article. Tomorrow. Yes, thanks, Star. It's a great topic. <laughs> I, we hear that question over and over. So questions today, give us a call, 651-641-1071. If you're like me, you try to eat right, but the definition of healthy eating seems like a moving target. Should I eat low-carb or low-fat? Do eggs and butter raise my cholesterol? Is coffee good after all? Don't rely on sound bites and infomercials for something as important as your health. You deserve recommendations based on biochemistry. Nutritional Weight and Wellness is offering My Talk 1071 listeners a complimentary e-newsletter that is chock full of nutrition information and tips. The Weight and Wellness Way newsletter provides sound information and practical strategies from a nutritionist's perspective. Learn a natural approach to healthy eating based on real whole foods you buy at the grocery store. All this and best of all, it's free. To subscribe to the complimentary Weight and Wellness Way e-newsletter, go to weightandwellness.com and enter your email address. Then watch your inbox every month for nutrition news and special offers that will help you look and feel your best. For information on other services at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, call 651-699-3438. Dishing Up Nutrition. Have you ever noticed that sometimes when you're working on a nutritional goal, you can get derailed with the holidays or a trip to the cabin? Yeah. You know, I often ask, whoever developed the rules that you had to stop at Toby's for a cinnamon roll or the Dairy Queen for a Buster Bar on your way to the cabin? Whoever wrote those rules, I wonder. I wonder, too. <laughs> so how can you be successful? You know, I found this saying to be meaningful. Success is the daily development of the power you need to get whatever you want in life. And power is the organized effort. That's kind of interesting. Power is the organized effort and energy to reach your goals. So organized effort is the key to success. So as you're thinking about this, what will be your organized effort to get back on track mm. if you got caught at Toby's eating that cinnamon roll? Yeah. How you, you know, or stopping at the Dairy Queen or whatever, because we just went through the 4th of July, so now people have to get back on track again. So I want to welcome everyone, all of our listeners, to our very new Facebook page. So exciting. Widely on Facebook. <laughs> so it's really easy to go. Just go to weightandwellness.com and click on our Facebook Apple. And I hope you'll like us. So we're just getting started. So we look forward to communicating with you and taking your comments and suggestions. And I think it's going to be fun. And we're going to put a lot of things up there. So spread the word. To your family and friends. You know, I'm hoping everyone gets the message that we need to change our nutrition uh, before people lose their health. Yes. Uh, you know, it's like, again, this week we heard obesity, obesity numbers are up again, high obesity hmm. numbers. 
And that's just a sign of poor nutrition. Yeah. But so is diabetes. Yep. So is so many things that we see with clients. The depression. Depression. That's what we're talking about. I mean, you know, asthma, um, <laughs> thyroid issues. I mean, it just goes, goes on, on and on and on. Yeah. And it all goes back to the nutritional problems people are having. Absolutely. So, so there we are. So um, we were talking before we went on break that um, we about were talking family? About, about the family and about, you know, the hormonal influences on depression. So yes. let's go back to that conversation, Tamara. Yes, let's jump back on track about uh, pregnancy and hormones. So we understand why and how pregnancy throws off the hormonal levels. But why would women and men, I keep emphasizing that men, yes. <laughs> who are not pregnant experience high estrogen levels? You know, what may cause that just naturally? Well, we also understand that too much estrogen leads or tends to lock the uptake of the feel-good chemicals in the brain. So the estrogen, so people can't get the, the, the feel-good hormones into the brain. Exactly. So I thought it would be good, because you keep bringing up men here today. Yeah. So I thought, okay, let's talk about high estrogen levels in men. Now we know it isn't a pregnancy issue, but it is a food issue. And I noticed last weekend when I met my brother and my sister-in-law at the Grand Casino in Hinkley, because that's like a halfway point for us, that a lot of men appeared to have high estrogen levels. And I bet people are saying, well, Dar, how could you tell? Well, I think a lot of those men fall into the 67% category. That's the you know the category of people that are overweight or obese. Wow. Yes. The excess fat cells, whether it's in women or men, cause us to have excess estrogens. Fat cells make estrogen in our bodies. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. I didn't. I bet a lot of people had no idea. No. We got little hormone manufacturing plants going on. Right. So then there is a direct connection with obesity and high levels of hormones in our body. Oh, yes. Direct huh. connection. It is a different way of looking at it. So with the increase of obesity in men, there's also an increase in the frequency of depression because just like you mentioned, Dar, we know that if we have a lot of estrogen levels, that blocks our good mood receptors. Right. So with more obesity, then that can lead to more depression. So often with men, an increase in depression means an increase in alcohol consumption. And we also know that alcohol increases estrogen levels in the body and brain and decreases testosterone levels. So that's kind of an interesting thing, Tamara. Let's kind of go back over and talk a little bit more about that. Because okay. Now, when men are depressed, because probably they might have maybe too many fat cells on their body, so that they've been making extra estrogen, mm -hmm. and they've been blocking the serotonin uptake. Well, another thing that happens is, what you know, so most men, if they're depressed, the first place, a lot of men at least, not every man, but they tend to go to the bar, yeah. and they tend to consume more alcohol because, well, that's going to help them with their depression, they think. 
And in reality, it increases their depression because alcohol is a depressant. Uh Uh-huh. But it also increases the amount of estrogen in the body, doesn't it? It does. And it decreases testosterone, which is, for men, kind of helps them feel, you know, kind of good and alert and and so. And it makes muscle on their body and all that. So here, you know, if we think about that, you know, let's look at a meal plan that would lead directly for men to have excess amounts of estrogen and maybe a little bit too little of testosterone. And you see this all the time. You know, men who stop and eat pancakes for breakfast. Yes. And, of course, you know, they pour on a lot of syrup and they have several pancakes, a lot of carbohydrates. They drink Mountain Dew for a snack, maybe one, maybe two, maybe three. They have a burger with French fries, and we've talked about French fries. French fries actually turning into a lot of sugar. Uh Uh-huh. And then the afternoon snack, they might have a candy bar. And then for dinner, they have a large plate of pasta along with a couple of scotches and two beers. Yes. And they finally, you know, they'll look down and guess what they have? They have a beer belly and they have excess amount of estrogen. Absolutely. And I love that example because I can picture it clearly. And actually, I was even thinking, listening to it, you know, women, it can be the same for women. Yes, it could. There's women out there who would find themselves in this exact same eating pattern now or they, plan. Now, they might not they might not eat the pancakes, but they would stop for a triple-size muffin, would they? Right, right, <laughs> or quadruple mocha. Yes. Exactly, and exactly. Then, and then both of those would be high sugar. Exactly. And then maybe they wouldn't have a burger for lunch, but again, they might have a pasta salad for lunch. Exactly. And then candy bars. Yes. Oh, yes. We I heard that one yesterday. You know, the little candy bars that when you walk down the hall, everybody's got those out at work. Yes. And then you just take two or three of those as you go down the hall and, and pretty soon. And all these little candy bars have high fructose corn syrup. They do. And, high, and partially hydrogenated, hydrogenated fat. fat. And before you know it, you've consumed equal to two candy bars. Yes. Without even realizing. So... And we know that a lot of women are drinking their three or four glasses of wine every night. Yes, that's a big one. It is. Big. And some women really have a hard time saying no to that. But again, if they want to reduce the amount of sugar going into the body and accomplish something in some of their goals, they really have to do that. Absolutely. So that's a big one. Yes. And that's some of what we talk about in our weight and wellness series. You know, we really teach people that a beer belly or a wine belly or whatever is really an insulin belly, which helps the body make more fat cells to store those extra carbs and sugar, which in turn make more estrogen. Yes. All interrelated. All interrelated. So should we take a little break here? Yes. Let's go ahead and take another break. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, and we are extending the offer to take a friend free to class just for you, our Dishing Up Nutrition listeners. Many of these great classes are starting next week.
So a couple on July 11th in St. Paul, we have Foods to Build Happy Focus Kids. Great class. Really great class. Uh, July 12th in St. Paul, we have Balanced Foods for Balanced Moods. So if you're listening to today's topic and that's you're struggling with lower moods, great class to take. Yes, and we also have that same class on July 13th, Balanced Foods for Balanced Moods in Wyzetta. And on July 15th, we have Jumpstart Your Metabolism in St. Paul. So basically, lots going on all week long next week. And the great part is that each class is only $25. And your friend or family member comes for free. It's our summer gift to you. So, you know, last week, a class member sent a note saying, I may not have signed up for the class by myself, but knowing I could bring my friend, I decided... But knowing I could bring my friend, I decided that we could make this class a girls' night out. And I think we have a lot of people doing that. I Yes, because the classes are jam-packed. Yes, they are. So thanks. We had fun and learned a lot about how to keep our bones healthy. Anne. To sign up for a class, give us a call. Call our office at 651-699-3438. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, this morning, if you have a nutrition question, just give us a call. It is 651-641-1071. And I'm very proud to say that after 10 years, our weight and wellness series of classes is still going strong. And starting the week of July 11th, we are teaching this series in six different locations. On Monday, July 11th, we're in St. Paul. On Tuesday night, July 12th, in Woodbury. And Wednesday, in Lake, on um, th- the 13th, we uh, July 13th, in Lakeville and Maple Grove. So Thursday, July 14th, in North Oaks, in Wyzetta. And then we have a Friday morning class that Wendy usually teaches, and that's in North Oaks on July 15th. Now, this six-class series, and it's two hours in length, is only $225.00. And bring a friend and receive $25 off. So, And I don't know if nurses know this, but you can receive 14 continuing ed credits. And we even have a special nutrition or weight and wellness class um, for the weekend of August 19th, 20th, and 21st. So we're offering a weekend weight and wellness series. So this is great for nurses, but it's also if you live out of town... And you want the information or the credits, you can go to weightandwellness.com to sign up. And we have something neat going on. We have a great group of people coming from Chicago that weekend. And I'm looking forward to meeting everyone. And, you know, I know you'll find these classes life-changing. We hear it all the time. We read the comments that people write. And they say all the time, it was life-changing for me. It's a really great class. I love it. Love it. Lots of information and things to apply. So So it looks like we have a caller. Okay. We can take a caller this morning. So thank you for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Deb, do you have a question today? 
Yes, I do. I was just talking to an old high school friend a few minutes ago on the phone, and she was saying that she lost 14 pounds in June on this um, uh, pure protein diet. So I just wondered, Dr. Dukan's or something, pure protein diet. And I, I just wonder how healthy that is. I mean, I think that's great that she's able to do that in, in less than a month. But, you know, you know what do you uh, feel about that? Well, I, you know, honestly, I don't know what that pure protein diet is, um, but usually you can use lose one to one and a half pounds of actual body fat in a week. So okay. that's what they say, and that's what you're really trying to accomplish when you're wanting to lose weight. You're wanting to lose the body fat. You don't want right. to lose muscle. So again, uh, you know. Sometimes when people go on these extreme diets, what they do is they lose a lot of fluid out of their system to begin with, but they're not really losing the body fat. So that's what we, you know, we look at something that's going to be healthy for life. And if you do, I mean, if you do some protein, we we know that a lot of people are low on protein. So if you use, you know, four ounces of protein plus a plate of vegetables, plus some healthy fat, like olive oil or avocados, then that's probably the best approach to health and to weight loss. Right. Okay. You know, that's kind of our approach. But everybody that's... wants the magic, you know? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and it never well, thank lasts. You <laughs> thank you very much. Okay, thanks for the call. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great question. Yeah. We all do want the magic. Yes, we do. <laughs> So should we jump back in topic today? So before we went to break, we were talking about a beer belly and how that is related to insulin levels and how that uh, causes our body to make more fat cells, to store all of those carbohydrates and sugar, which in turn makes more estrogen. So additional in, in addition to symptoms of depression and anxiety, that's what we've been talking about. You know, men with higher estrogen levels also experience more inflammation. Mm. So, and that inflammation often goes to the prostate gland because it's a very small gland and it gets inflamed. So high estrogen levels or what they call estrogen dominance in men can lead to a loss of sex drive, loss of muscle tone, fatigue, enlarged prostate, with an increased rate of cancer, especially in the prostate. So it isn't, you know, this this beer get belly or this high insulin belly is really alarming to the general health of men and women. Yes. And, of course, men, women don't have prostates, but they have other areas that get inflamed. Yes. Like the thyroid. Exactly. So let's talk about that now, Dar. Let's talk about excess levels of estrogen in women. And, you know, what symptoms do we see in clients experiencing that? Well, certainly PMS, number one, fatigue, depression, low moods, irritability, uterine fibroids, weight gain, polycystic ovary syndrome, breast cancer, So just think about all these symptoms. And so if people are experiencing any of these, you know, and and honestly, we see so many women with uterine fibroids 
We see so many people with PCOS or yes. polycystic ovarian syndrome. I mean, um, and again, the rate of breast cancer is very high. And if we trace this all back, and this is what we're trying to do today, is trace this all back to what is maybe causing this, um, besides the fact that it's often causing depression and low moods, it is actually our bodies are producing too much estrogen. Yeah. And we're getting estrogen dominant, and we're starting to have more and more of these symptoms. And... You know, kind of going back to that caller is, and kind of my answer, so what is the best way to eat to avoid some of these symptoms? Yes. You know, like we said, we need some protein, right? Absolutely, we need some protein. So do we need soy protein? I think we do not need soy protein. All right. So we need more animal-type protein. Right, which would be like eggs, um, beef, chicken, turkey, fish. And we know that soy actually becomes estrogenic, which means it has a potential to create more estrogens in women and men. Right. And so, you know. In fact, Tamara, I was just at at Mississippi Market, Uh and I noticed a woman picking up some protein powder, and I couldn't help but look and say, and there it was, soy protein, and I wanted to run right over to her (laughs) and say, no, 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 don't. Buy that one, buy a different one. I know, that happens. We have to bite our tongues. <laughs> because she could do whey protein and it would be very healthy for her. Yes. But people lack the knowledge. And actually, uh, you know, we have a great article on our website, weightandwellness.com, that uh, I believe Kate wrote on yep. the effects of soy and how it is it can produce more estrogen in women and men, actually. And so, but... You know, it's lack of knowledge that people have. Exactly. Exactly. So, again, if you want to kind of help the body detox some of those negative estrogens or that high estrogen levels. Right. Let's talk about vegetables for a little bit. Okay. That's a great idea. So, you know, what vegetables might you add to help your body kind of pull those estrogens out of your system? Yeah, good question. Well, I know that we want to eat lots of those green vegetables. So like? Broccoli, spinach, kale, collard greens. I mean, especially these are all bursting at the farmer's market right now. So it's an excellent time if you have never tried one to have a taste because they'll be extra fresh and delicious. So let's talk about kale for just a minute. Sure. Do you have a magical way that you fix kale? Because you're the, you're the recipe creator. No? Sure. Well, okay. I actually like to bake it up. Okay. Tell us how you do that. Um, so, yeah, I love to uh, bake kale chips because, you know, we all like chips, but we're not <laughs> eating chips. So you just take some kale, rip it off the stems, uh, throw it in a bowl with some salt, pepper, and olive oil, and then throw it in the oven for, um, I don't know, I guess it depends. I usually do about 325, uh, 20 minutes or so, stir it up, it dehydrates, and boom, crunchy kale chips. Oh, that's a great recipe. Absolutely delicious. Yes. And you know, the other things that you, and oh, I just bought a lot of broccoli at the farmer's market the other day. And I know 
in, this one, what plays out in my mind, I say, oh, this is good because this helps my body detox those ex- extra estrogens. I mean, <laughs> That's a great way to think about it. <laughs> we start to get a little silly about this right. stuff. <laughs> right. So because of do- what we know. Yeah. So let's take another break tomorrow. Okay. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If your nutrition plan got knocked off its track over the 4th of July holiday, get back on by applying organized effort. What is your organized effort? Maybe it's planning your menu or packing and bringing your lunch or maybe putting together two new snacks that you love. Sounds like a good idea. Yes. So we'll be right back. Next week, we have a great show planned with the low-carb man, Jimmy Moore. Jimmy has lost over 100 pounds eating the low-carb way and now has an Internet radio show and a big blog, and it's, he's a fun mm. person to talk to. You know, I look forward to having him share his success. And honestly, if you have diabetes or you have a friend or a family member with diabetes, have them tune in because they need the low carb approach to eating for low for blood sugar balance. And I have a perfect example. Uh-huh. I have to share this. Okay. My I, you know, I mentioned the fact that I met my brother. And I said, How are you doing? <laughs> and he said, Well, my doctor told me no more potatoes, no more chips, no more bread, no more cereal. Because I've got to work on my blood sugars. <laughs> and I said, haven't I been telling you that for the last 10 years? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but his doctor told him that. And I said, good. I love your doctor. He is so right on. <laughs> That's a great story. So, so we should we take a caller? Yes, let's take a caller. Thank you for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Kim, do you have a question on organic foods? I do. Thank you. Good morning, ladies. Thank you for taking my call. Good morning. Um, I, yes, I'm just wondering. I'm, I'm starting to reevaluate my diet, of course, and, and looking at organic produce and, and dairy and things like that. I'm just wondering. Um, I'm a little shocked by some of the pricing, obviously, but is there some place as far as, um, you know, how one would budget that and, and um, like maybe farmer's markets or uh, really as a novice, where, where would I start? Where, how would I go? You know, where would I go? Well, Tamara, don't you think that the first place to look is that we've got the, uh, the 15 clean, uh-huh. that list? Yes. Yep, oh. there's a list available, and it's put out. I don't know if we have it on our website. Yes, we do. We have it on our website, oh, and it, uh, it's a list put out by the Environmental Working Group of the um, Dirty Dozen, which would be the foods that are um, we want to eat organic most often versus the Clean 15, which it's okay not to go organic. I see. Did one, I say that correctly? Yeah, one of the examples that I know that I remember because it's asparagus. It says that you absolutely don't have to buy that organically because obviously they don't use a lot of pesticides on asparagus. So I don't, I don't pay the extra money for organic asparagus now. Oh, I see. So that's I, I take that list to me with me when I go shopping. Oh, that's a good idea. Well, why is the difference? I mean, isn't isn't why is some more expensive and some isn't? Is it the way that it's processed? I mean, do they use pesticide for everything? I mean, it, I don't under really understand the difference. You know what the what the what the pricing difference is. You know. Sure. Uh, when they when they have to do more hand work, 
it costs more money. Oh, sure. And mm-hmm. that's why. And, you know, and but then they're not using all the pesticides. And, I mean, just think about potatoes. They fly over potato fields with big airplanes spraying um, insecticides on the plants. Mm-hmm. But if you're gr- growing them um, organically, you can't do that. So, and then the soil is also treated better. But the taste is wonderful. Mm. So, it, like potatoes, is really an important uh, food to buy organically. That and sweet potatoes. But then, when you taste them, they're going to taste a lot better too. Oh, that's good to know, All right? Mm-hmm. So, you. I think that's a good place to start: is yep. doing the the dirty dozen and the clean fifteen, and that way you can, uh, you know, you, like strawberries. You absolutely should be buying those organically. Or if you're buying them locally, ask how many how many p- pesticides are used. And there's a lot of farmers around the Minnesota area here, the Twin City area, that use very little. They're not labeled organic, but they really aren't using pesticides on their strawberries. Oh, that's wonderful. That's so good to know because I, I've been reading and researching and, uh, you know, the links to the pesticide and, and what it does, you know, to our system. It's it's really scary. It makes more estrogens in our body. Yes. Just the topic yes. that we're talking about today. Absolutely. Very yeah. good. Well, thank you so much for answering my question. Oh, great question. Thanks we appreciate calling. the call. All right. Bye now. Thank you. So, so well, we're going back to talking about Vegetables. How to get those estrogens out of our body. Exactly. How to get them out of our body. Well, of course, one way is just by choosing good foods like vegetables, asparagus, cabbage, green beans, cucumbers, whatever you like. And one of my favorites is Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts is a great one. I love Brussels sprouts. And I think the trick to Brussels sprouts is not to overcook them. You know, I just put them in and steam them until they're almost done. Uh-huh. But then I put take them off so that they, they don't get overcooked. And if, butter. And butter. They're great with butter. <laughs> <laughs> so vegetables, add them to every meal. I'm talking breakfast, lunch, and dinner vegetables. That cleanses our body of excess estrogens. And just think about having, again, having vegetables for breakfast rather than that piece of toast or those pancakes. Yes. You know, it's a different way of thinking about food. Yes. Now, there is a supplement that we use at the office quite often to help some people detox some of those estrogens. And it's called Estrofactors, and it is designed to help your liver. It supports your liver's ability to detox extra estrogens out of your system. So I've used it with people that have polycystic ovary disease. Uh-huh. I've used it with people that have many of those symptoms, P- PMS, acne, you know, those kinds of things that indicate that you may have extra levels of estrogen in your system. And it works It works really well. Nice. Yes. Very well. People feel very good on it. So, you know, as we kind of think about this, you know, in the past, people with depression and low moods would naturally see a psychologist uh-huh. or a counselor. But I have noticed that people are starting to realize that depression has a physical or a hormonal cause. So it could be excess estrogens or it yep. could be low levels of vitamin D or it can be high or low blood sugar or it could be a deficiency of magnesium. It can be eating a low level of animal protein, you know, a diet that's low in protein. 
It can be a diet that's deficient in omega-3s, or it could even be some people follow a low-fat diet for too long. Yeah. So honestly, it is a nutritional problem. But you just can't go to a health food store and buy a bottle of Sammy or 5-HTP or even fish oil no. and expect <laughs> miracles. Our body and brains are very complex, and we really need to look at that more in detail. So that balance is in eating is really the key to balanced moods. Absolutely. You know, an organized effort is the key to success. And apply an organized effort to your nutrition. Absolutely. So as we look at this, depression, low moods, and anxiety is a brain issue. It can be a very complex problem, as I just said. Or it could be something as simple as being deficient in omega th- uh, vitamin D. D. Mm-hmm. Or what else could it be? Or omega-3 fatty acids. So when we think about eating, balanced eating is the key to balanced moods. Organized effort is the key to success. Apply an organized effort to your nutrition this week. So maybe that core organized effort just might be adding vegetables. That's a great idea. To breakfast. Breakfast. Vegetables to breakfast. Or at least you have to... Add vegetables to lunch to this week. You know, a huge, big salad. And what that's going to do is help your body detox some of those estrogens. And it's going to help you stay full for the rest of the afternoon. So, you know, a piece of salmon, wouldn't that be great? You Perfect. Get omega-3s. Perfect. And then what you do is you add your vegetables and then your olive oil dressing. And if you are wondering how to make it, You know, get our newsletter and watch Tamara teach people how do you make an olive oil and vinegar dressing. Exactly. And we also will have the recipe online for you as well. Sounds good to me. So, again, I hope people have had a chance to look and think about what is causing their low moods. And there's many, many nutritional answers to that. And we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.